God, I love you, Jesus, and I bless your holy name. Touch all your people tonight, each and every heart, each and every life. My Lord and my God and my Savior and my King, blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to turn your attention to the book of Timothy tonight. Second Timothy. Appreciate the good spirit of worship that's here this evening. Second Timothy chapter three. And please look at verse fifteen. Second Timothy chapter three and verse fifteen. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. I'd like to minister for a little while tonight on wise unto salvation. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. When the Lord 
who sits upon the circle of the earth and inhabiteth all of eternity, looking down upon this world that he created and saw, and of course he foreknew what would take place in the Garden of Eden and the very bad mistake that Eve had made in not believing the Lord, not sanctifying him before that serpent, the spirit that was in and upon that serpent, and that uh, sin consequently separate Adam, separated Adam and Eve from the Lord. And as sin began to make its way through down through the centuries and, and the millenniums even, the hearts of men and women bringing the lawlessness, the iniquity, the lawlessness. And uh, the Scripture teaches, of course, that God had given a promise that he was going to take care of business. And there came a time, of course, your Bible teaches that when the fullness of time was come, God, that is the Spirit, sent forth the flesh made of a woman, made under the law to redeem people that were living at that time under the law. And he brought a new covenant, a new agreement, and he did away with the old, even to the point that the Bible said it was decaying and ready to vanish away, Hebrews chapter 8. And so the Lord bringing this new covenant, this new agreement, then he began to reach to people. And of course, the time came after John the baptizer had been the messenger and begin to pave the way. Then we look and we see that he sees one day and points out the Lamb of God. As Jesus the Christ came over the top of the hill and down to the baptismal service at the River Jordan, where people had been gathering from all the regions round about, and John had been baptizing them, even to the point that they wanted to know if he was the Christ. And John did not hesitate over that whatsoever. He simply said, I'm not him. I'm not even worthy to stoop down and unloose his shoe latchet. But he said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And Jesus comes there and immediately presents himself as a candidate to be baptized in water. And, of course, John began to protest, and maybe it was just getting it on the record. And he said that I need to be baptized of thee. In recognizing immediately that uh, he was to be in subjection and Jesus of course said well I have to set the example and so I'm going to be baptized I'm going to show them by example how this thing needs to be done and so Jesus submitted himself to water baptism and when he came straightway up out of the water you got to get into it to come out of it and baptism by the word itself means to be immersed or to be completely dipped under. And so when he came straightway up out of the water, then lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he taught by example as the Spirit began to descend on him that you must be born again of water and of the Spirit. And so he demonstrated that and made it crystal clear. Now the Bible teaches at that time in history, that if you were to close your eyes and just reach out blindly and grab the first hank of hair that came along, the chances were that that person spoke seven languages. We have a tendency in our day and age 
to look back and to feel like they were all ignorant and they didn't know anything. They didn't know anything about arithmetic or they didn't know anything about languages. They didn't know anything about reading or writing. And you couldn't be more wrong or further from the reality of the situation. It has been said that those Egyptians that built the pyramids, yet today they do not understand how they did that and what formulas they used. There are things that man has learned down through the millenniums, and there are things, of course, that have been handed down. And like building blocks, man has built upon certain knowledges that have been, as I said, handed down. And as man continues, the Bible said that man is ever learning, yet never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. This night, I want to tell you, you want to start learning about this salvation. You want to be wise unto salvation. If you have to be a half a step or so behind the knowledge of this world, then so be it. But as Paul said, I'm not a wit behind the chieftains. You make sure you're up to stuff on the Bible salvation. You don't want to be lagging there. You don't want to be ignorant of that. You don't want to be so caught up in this world that you miss getting caught up in the first resurrection. There are many people tonight, even people who have been raised generation after generation in the truth that they disdain it. They belittle it. They put it down. They think it's ho-hum. But I'm telling you, you want to be wise unto salvation. That's the very thing you want to know about and you want to appreciate it and you want to be sure about it and you want your heart to be fixed on this salvation be wise unto it know this he said this know also that in the last days now in Acts chapter 2 where Jesus Christ gave birth to his church the Bible makes it crystal clear as Peter stood up with the eleven and began all, all of them freshly baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. And Peter stands forth from among them. They're standing with him, solidarity and, and support. And he begins to preach and he lets them know and is the Holy Ghost interprets Joel's prophecy and called it the last days. If that almost 2,000 years ago was termed the last days, then you must realize that we are very close to the coming of the Lord. And there are not too many things that this Bible teaches that are left to be fulfilled. There are some things, but not too many things that are left to be fulfilled and they can be fulfilled very quickly. Every day, every second, we are drawing closer and closer to a culmination here. But I want you to know that God is setting up His church. He's got the stage set. His church is not going out of here with its head down and its tail between its legs. When this church goes out of here, it's going to be in a beautiful first resurrection. And up to that moment, we will be wise unto salvation and we will make others wise unto salvation. We will teach them to repent and to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We will teach them the teaching
teachings of this salvation from Romans to Revelation. The church will do that. He said, but you better know in these last days, he said, perilous times shall come. Just recently I received two phone calls, different people, two different conversations. Maybe one a phone call, maybe one a conversation face to face. But point being that they both told me about a, a woman who as a child was raised in the church, even at one time married and she and her husband pastored church and preached the truth. She became of note among people because she was used of the Lord to sing. And the scripture, the scripture. And as time went on, this individual's husband got very greedy of money. All he could see was the dollar signs. And they got very involved with the worldly side of music and began to cross over from the kind of singing that you do in the church to a different kind of singing. And they became very wise in the ways of how Nashville and other places do it. And they became very involved and they kept their a little religious cloak about themselves. And uh, as time went on, the husband died. And the woman went on and continued her singing career. And uh, one day, a preacher who grew up with this girl as she was a child. He grew up in the same part of the world, probably went to the same church or church functions. And he, pastoring a pretty good-sized church in that home state, he went to sleep one night, and the Lord woke him up and talked to him and told him to invite her to come and sing at his church. And he wrestled with that because she hadn't been doing right for so long. And she didn't resemble what she used to look like and act like. And she's just far removed from all of that. Then he wrestled with it, but the Lord kept pounding away at him. And so he submitted himself to it, and he called her, and he said, Would you come and sing at my church? And so she came. But before she came into the church house, she got the soap out and did herself a little good scrub. And she removed certain articles from herself, and she put her hair up, and she came into church dressed properly, all on her own. And she sang and the Lord blessed, and she began to praise the Lord like days of old when she was a child growing up. She began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave her the utterance. And they had a beautiful service, and the preacher, the pastor, told her, he said, why don't you just go ahead and make things right? Why don't you just get this right, and let's go on from here? And she said, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to. She left that service, and four years later, just the other last week, a tornado came through the land, and the bus that she drove on from her tour little thing that she did hit and killed her, and she is dead tonight. How sad can I tell you to be wise as a child unto salvation and to let that slip away from you thinking that everything out there is so much smarter let me tell you everything out there is not smarter it's full of deception it's full of ignorance it's full of a spirit that would want you to not believe God and not trust God and not obey God and there is no glory 
for God or His church when something tragic like that happens. He said, in these last perilous days, he said that people would be lovers of their own selves, and they would be covetous. They would always just want to have things, and they would covet those things. When people get covetous of something, they get very nasty about getting it. Went on to say that they'd be boasters, they'd be proud, they'd be blasphemers. And they would be disobedient to parents. They would be unthankful. And they would be unholy. They would be without natural affection. In other words, they would become unnatural in their desires. They would be truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent and fierce, and despisers of those that are good. Despisers of those that are good. They would be traitors. They would be heady and high-minded and lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. He said they would have a form of God. Oh, they'd cloak themselves with some religion. They would have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. To you and I, it is stated from such, turn away. Turn away. Now, how do you do that? We're in this world. Well, not of the world anymore because we're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. We've been translated out of the kingdom of the enemy into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're no longer in darkness. We're in the light. We have passed from death to life. And, and we have, we're on a new course here. And, and we're being made wise unto salvation. The beginning of that wise salvation starts with you believing and repenting and getting baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost. But that's not the end of it because the Bible talked about receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. There are things that we're going to have to be delivered out of as these things surround us and swirl around us and pressure is brought to bear on the church wanting you to back up wanting you to let down wanting you to look down your nose in contempt at things that you once held and esteemed highly and knew that these things were wise things they were hidden rich treasures and riches that God gave to you out of his storehouse let me tell you there was a high priest by the name of Eli and the Bible said that his children raised up in the priesthood and they begin to do wrong in the eyes of God and they made God's sacrifice to be an ugly thing and men and women were turned off by it and he went to his sons and he warned them and he told them but you know what that buck stopped with him because God came to him and God said every child is going to be cut off nobody's going to make it to old age because I put honor and I gave you and I put so much in your life and you treated it like nothing you must realize we have have something great. It is a great salvation. It's not brand X. Not a counterfeit. Not an also ran. It's the truth of the scriptures. You want to be wise unto salvation. Salvation is not a, a sprint. It's a long distance race. And we must Run this race with patience, the book said, that is set before us. We must realize that it's not just for a day or a week or a month. We must be wise unto these things. We must not be ignorant 
of Satan's devices. And he said, you're not. So you're not to be lacking in knowledge about the traps that the enemy sets. You're not to go around with your eyes closed and your ears stopped up and like you don't know what's going on around you and be led like a, like a bird to a snare, hastening to the, to the trap walking right into it. You have to be wise about this great salvation and what all God has entrusted to you. You must realize that he, you're living in perilous times and you're surrounded by all kinds of spirits that, have, that people have these spirits. They have these attitudes of these spirits and they display them quite regularly all the while spouting some kind of religious jargon your way. You better tell yourself, I don't have a bunch of words. I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm baptized in Jesus' name. I have the truth of the scriptures. I have the real article, the real deal. It is not unfeigned. It is not, it is not feigned. It is unfeigned faith. Not plastic. It's not phony. It's not human spirit driven. And uh, be wise unto these scriptures be knowledgeable in these scriptures to be to realize how valuable and important they are how precious they are how that the, the way of salvation is a precious thing it's not something to be toyed with it's not something to play fast and loose with it's not something to treat like something that's cheap and uh I told a man the other day that has helped us so much on the building program. He's not in the church at all. I'm sure he goes someplace and does something. But, but uh, I told him, I said, you have shown yourself to be invaluable. And he said, anybody is replaceable. That's how he answered me. Anybody is replaceable. He said, I'm just trying to do what I can. Well, I appreciated the humility of his attitude. But I do want you to know that there are some things that are invaluable. There's no way to put a value on them. Jesus is the pearl of great price. And this salvation that he gives and that he brought, it is something that you cannot put a price tag on it. But the carnal mind will. The, the people who are proud and boasters, the people who are, are puffed up in their own worldly knowledge, they're so smart about worldly things and they're so dull about spiritual things. Recently a letter purportedly written by and authenticated to be written by Albert Einstein, the fellow that gave us E equals MC squared. And uh, uh, he uh, wrote a letter, and in the letter he just called the scriptures childish. Nice stories, but childish. Well, I got news for him. They're not stories. They're biblical accounts. And for a man who was a scientist, then he should realize that there's a difference between something that's just a legend or a myth or a story as compared to something that is factual. And along with that, he professed that he did not believe in God. He died one year later after writing that letter. Found out real quick then, didn't he, that there, was, there is a God. And it's, it's a sad thing. Somebody said to me, wonder how they felt on the first day in hell. I said, what first day? There is no, there is no time. You have no sense of reckoning. It just goes on and on and on. 
There is no marks on the wall. There's nothing. There's no sun. There's no moon. There's no stars. There's no way to, there's no watches. There's nothing there to help you with a time factor. You are thrown into uh, hell and it's a place of eternity and it absolutely has no time to it. It just continues world without end and that's how it's going to be in eternity. Hear me? It's going to be world without end and I want to be with him. I don't want to be separated from him. I want to be wise unto these things. I want to be wise about the first resurrection. I want to be wise about how to get in the church, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, how to be born again, how to walk in righteousness, how it was said to please the Lord, how to worship him. I'm not going to worship like the rock stars worship and their congregations worship their groups and audiences. We don't want to sing their kind of songs. I don't want to hear their kinds of songs. I'm not interested in their beat. I'm not interested in the spirit of it. I'm interested in the Holy Ghost. I want to be wise unto the Lord. I want to be wise enough to know that it's appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. Got a double appointment there. Appointment to die and appointment to be judged. And neither one, they are inescapable. There's no getting getting out of that. No way. No way at all. So let, from the children up, let us be wise unto salvation. You have no idea, and neither do I, how many people are wandering the face of the earth that sat on rows, pews, just like this. And now they're grown up, and they had let it get away. And, you know, the enemy is always one of his tricks that you're not supposed to be ignorant of is that he distracts people and he gets them going in different directions and gets them to believing, allures them through their flesh that there are other things that are more important. And they become covetous. They become boasters. They get puffed up in their pride of their own heart. Uh, I think Sister Farah emailed Senior Sister Fell and she said, come sit down, I want to read you this. And I, you know, I don't want to do I want to do other things. But I sat down and I let her read it to me, and I was glad I did. And it began to tell about how that, uh, you know, man began to tell God, we don't need you anymore. Now, don't hold me word for word if I mess it up, okay? I think I can get the point across. But they said, they said uh, we don't need you anymore, God. We, we, can, we can create man. We can make man. We can do this. We can do that. Bragging on themselves. I once had a Jewish rabbi right in this town. There used to be a synagogue here. And he told me, he said, we're going to bring in the Messianic age through our own knowledge. It's exactly what he told me. And in this little email that was sent, it said that uh, we don't need you anymore, God. Well, isn't that the spirit that would hit Nimrod? He said, we're going to build a tower unto heaven. We don't need you. We'll get salvation. We'll get there ourselves. And so the individual said, uh, representing everybody said, we're going to. We know how to make man. We know how to do this. We know. So God said, well, fine, go ahead and show me. And so the fellow reached down and began to big, take the dirt in his hand. And God said, hold on, just a minute. Uh-uh, stop. The guy looked at him, what? He said, get your own dirt. Get your own dirt. <laughs> you know? So come on, here. 
There's, there's this great eternal God. He's the Alpha and he's the Omega. He's the beginning and he's the ending. He is the creator. He made it all. And man looks around and gets so puffed up and begins to talk about there's no God and only shows himself to be ignorant about salvation, ignorant of the God who is offering them eternity with him. No devil, no pain, no sickness, no suffering, no diseases, no trouble of any kind. And he's saying I've stretched forth my hands all day long and I'm trying to get you to come on and let me make you wise unto salvation don't let the devil make a monkey out of you <laughs> you know that's the spirit behind evolution and I'm out on an evolution kick tonight I'm just telling you that's the spirit of it that's what the enemy wants to do he just wants to make a fool out of you he just wants to make you look like some fool and you go around boasting and talking about how great you are. I was told one time about a man that challenged God to a fight. He didn't believe in God. He said, to prove it, I'll challenge him to a fight. Let's see if he shows up. And so, you know, there are times when uh, the Lord just, you know, he's, he's busy, busy about things. So he just sends, he just delegates it out. And he said, there's a fool down there that's come up to the top of the mountain that I created and he's shaking his fist and challenging me to a fight. So uh, I'm going to send you down there to take care of that little chore for me. And so God sent a gnat. And the gnat flew up the big mouth's nose, went right to his brain, and he died. You know, if you want to be a fool, you sure can be shown to be one. <laughs> if you want to be wise unto salvation, well, that can be shown too. The apostle he said, continue, because he said, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. He said, but continue thou, you continue in things which thou hast learned, things that have made you wise unto salvation. He said, things that you've learned and have been assured of. There is much assurance with this great salvation. This is not, I think so. We had a woman in this town that had a Bible bookstore years ago, and she, she would just had a bad spirit about the truth. Sold Bibles, but had an attitude about the chapter and verse within the pages. I guess it was all about money. But she had her little cloak of religion about her, and she would get attitudinal and puff up at me and all kinds of things and would try to throw a little thing here and a little thing there, and, you know, I would try to always be nice and, and act like I had what I claim I got, the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, I'd try to just show a good spirit, not just take out the good word of God and just whoop, take her head off with it, you know, that sharp two-edged sword, and just hew her to pieces with chapter and verse. But, you know, I'd just be nice about things and move along and just thank you, poor blind thing, you. I hope that God will open your understanding to this great truth. And so uh, <clears throat> one day I came in there, and she was just looking very shaken. And I was kind of standing there looking at her, and she goes, you know, I, 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 I think I'm saved. This is not an I think so. You know, this is not a I hope so. This is an I know so. This is a nature, heart, changing supernatural experience. This salvation is not something you get a 
spray bottle. This is not something you get at the end of a little man-made written prayer and you sign your name and be sure to date it. No, this is an experience. This is Jesus said to be born again. This is the Spirit sending forth the gift of God into your heart, crying, Abba, Father! Holy Ghost and fire. Yes, it is. You can remain standing. You want to be wise unto this. And you want the, the Holy Ghost with much assurance. Much assurance. And everybody said, praise the Lord. And everybody said, hallelujah. Let us give the Lord a big hand together. You ask God, wherever you're at in the Lord tonight, you ask Him to give you His wisdom to make you wise unto this salvation. And remember, it's not enough to have the Holy Ghost and be saved. You've got to stay saved. Amen. And as the writer said, if, if, if you weren't going to, rub shoulders a little bit and interact a little bit, he said, then it would be necessary for you to go out of this world. He said, but what, I, what the writer began to qualify was, he said, not to keep company with. Don't keep company with the world. We're not going to the places they hang out at. And we are not singing their songs. We're not dancing their dance. And I got news for you. They can't dance our dance. And no matter how they try to imitate it, and mock it and make fun or put it on and call it, you know, something religious. They can't do it. You hear some of these guys on the radio and they want to try to speak in tongues and it's the flattest, most tinny sounding thing you ever heard. Let me tell you something. If you ever hear the real thing and you do and you will, let me tell you and you have it happen to you, you're going to know the difference, my friend. You're going to be made wise unto salvation. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody said praise the Lord. Praise Let's the Lord. lift our hearts with our hands and worship the Lord together. I want to be wise. This is the most important thing to be wise unto. I want to know this, Lord. I want to know your salvation. I want to repent of my sins. I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want to begin to walk in righteousness in the light as you're in the light. Have a blood-washed fellowship. I want to be a light in a dark world. I want to obey this truth, Lord, every day that I live. And I want to be happy about it, glad about it, excited about it, appreciative of it. In an unthankful, unholy world, I want to be thankful and holy. Help me, dear Jesus, in a covetous world. I covet nothing because I have everything. I have an unction from the Holy One and I possess all things. Everything that's important is in the church. I have access to it. I know the password. It's Jesus Christ. Whatsoever I do in word or deed, I'm going to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on now. Let's begin to gather in and worship the Lord.
you need the Holy Ghost, come and pray for the Holy Ghost tonight. Let the Lord inspire you and speak out. Another tongue as the Spirit gives you the utterance. Present yourself for a good renewing of the Holy Ghost. You children, make each service count. Each time at the altar, make it count. Take it seriously. Don't be flippant. Don't treat it as just another servant. Don't become a wandering star seeking for things that the enemy tells you are important while he just leads you down to the pits of hell chasing after things that don't matter at all. What you have in the church is what matters. 